Now, we concluded with three, right? We concluded with three on last on, on Sunday, right? And remember we concluded with Quaker Oats, the man from Quaker Oats, the owner of Quaker Oats, that the fact that he lived on what? He lived on, he, he gave 60 to 70% of his income to the church and he lived on the rest because God had blessed him, right? And isn't that amazing? Now we've, 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 we've established that we're no longer looking at what? Percentage. We know that we do not give because we have to give. We give out of what? Love. We give from a heart that says what? God, I love you. God, I appreciate you. Okay, but remember what I said last week. If our hearts is not right about it, it's difficult to give it. Am I right? How many believe that? And I believe that the only reason that we would forget, <laughs> I mean, how you, I mean, if I would have, I mean, how do you really forget? <laughs> Think about this for a minute. Listen, if I were to ask you right now how much money you have in the bank, you could tell me. <laughs> if, I, if I were to ask you how much money you have stashed, you say zero, that's easy. I can tell you how much that is. That's, shoot, I ain't got nothing. A couple of dollars, right? So, so, so my question is, when it comes down to giving, why is it that we forget after three to four months? You, I mean, you don't never forget that, right? If anything, you feel bad about it. Come on, somebody. How I many you feel bad sometimes? You're like, dang on it, man. I sure hate I had to spend the time. Be embarrassed. And so you stay away. So you're like, I don't want to feel bad on top of feeling bad. So guess what? I'll just stay home today. Right? But if you purpose in your heart that you're going to do it, then guess what? It will never leave you, saints. We won't have to worry around July, May, June, July, August, September as a church that our members are thinking about themselves. Come on, somebody. You know what? We were looking at the calendar uh, yesterday. One of the other area, other places that people stop giving around spring break. <laughs> Why? People are going on vacation. They're taking a little break. They're going, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're taking God's money with them on vacation. And when they get there, they have no favor. Come on, somebody. You see... Your giving puts you in a position of favor. Amen. So what I want you to do is look, just look at, look at handout number four for me. Watch this. And I, and I have another handout. I want to deal with this issue tonight. Hopefully I get to it, right? So, so somebody right here. So this is it. This is the last one right here. So, so let's look at it. So somebody read that for me real quick. We have a mic? No, we don't. Okay. All right. Bring me a mic, somebody. Oh, just, just read. Just go ahead and read. Whoever wants to read. Okay, tithing is what? God's way of what? Finances is financing what? Can I ask you something? Do you enjoy coming to church? Do 
enjoy coming to this building sometimes? <laughs> Amen. Is it better than where we were 11 years ago? Come on, somebody. Amen. Is it, is it not nice to have at least a place where we can come and say, you know what? Cool. This is my church. This is where I, this is where I worship. This is where I, this is where I meet God. This is where I congregate with my, uh, my fellow believers, right? So what does it, so, so, so what I want to say to you is that God did not tell the people in Malachi just to bring the tithe. He's telling them to bring the tithe for a reason. So let's go there. Read, read the handout for me someone. The Old Testament Jew was to bring his tithe to a special room in the temple in order to meet the needs of the priest and the expenses of the temple. This was God's plan to finance his temple and take care of the needs of his priests. How do we apply? That's it. Hit the off button on you. It seems like we're having a little interference. Okay. So, so what do you say? So, so what? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Malachi says, 310, go there. Malachi 310. I already did the blessing part, so we did that on Sunday. Right? He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So what did the Old Testament Jew do? He brought his tithe to where? A special room in the temple in order to do what? To meet the needs of the what? Priests. And the temple. So here's the thing. We want to show up at a house, at God's house expecting it to be what? Everything. Listen, when you come in here and you get hot and you start fanning and stuff like that, guess what the usher does? They go back there. They pop the air down. Okay, listen. When you come in, the chairs are laid out for you. You understand what I'm saying? But check this out. How can it keep going? How can we keep going, saints? How did, what is God's financial plan? What is God's plan for financing this church? The tithe. Through the tithes and offering. It's, listen, listen. You and I cannot sit back and think that it's just paying for itself. Think about it for a minute. Just, let's just talk about it, right? Watch this. Watch this. You got bills, right? When they come in, if you just look at them, right? <laughs> if you just look at your bill, listen, if you look at your bills, right, and you say, man, you know what? I see it. <laughs> but, uh, man, I don't know. What's going to happen to you after a while? You're going to be sitting in the dark. And it's the same thing in God's house. Saints, I know you got it now. But I, I, I just need to tell you again. That when you decide, when you make the decision to say, you know what? 
I'm not. I, I, ain't, I ain't giving today. I, I, I ain't. Shoot, I, I got too much bills to be think, thinking about all that. You know what you're really doing? You're making a decision that's detrimental to your future. Really. Because watch this. If you're not participating in the support of God's kingdom, how can you benefit from anything that's being done or said? So when you hear a message, it makes no sense. A non-tither listens differently. A non-tither listens, okay, uh, I didn't get that. But a tither understands, man, I come because this is where God feeds me. And guess what? I'm able to release. Watch this. Give it to God. And I know he's going to give it back. I, I, I know I can't beat him giving. Now, there's an issue that I want to deal with. All right? Lesson number four. I got to get through this, y'all. Work with me here. So how do we apply this? To the 20th century church. All right? We start by what? It would not be right to say that the Old Testament storehouse and the New Testament local church are one and the same. However, the practice of the early church, as recorded in the New Testament, shows that offerings were brought to the church just as the tithe was brought to the storehouse or the temple in the Old Testament. Go to Acts chapter 4 for me. Acts chapter 4. I'm dealing with two issues, and I'm going to deal with this issue. Last week I talked about the heart. I got something I want to talk to you about. Amen. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse 34. Now watch this. That's what he said. Back up to verse 32. Look what it says. It says, and the congregation, that's the congregation of those who what? See, see, I believe that that's a key thing to understanding about tithing. You, you see, if you don't, if you're not, a, listen, if you're a believer, how many are a believer here today? <laughs> right? Are you, I, how many believers, let me see how many believers we got. Okay, all right, I'm scanning the room. Here's the thing. It says, and the congregation of those who believe, so you know the congregation is real. That's the church. And, and, and in order to be in the congregation, you have to what? You know what? You know who I expect not to tithe? Non-believers. I don't expect nothing from them. But I expect to see believers participating in what? In the giving. Watch this. It says they were of what? One heart and soul and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. That brings me to where I'm going tonight. Come here, deacon. Pass these out for me. 
Now, I'm going to get into this subject right here next. Okay, so I'm, I'm leaving the tithe. Maybe when I leave the tithe, we'll have more people in Bible study. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. When I start talking about something else, talk about faith, talk about me, talk about prospering, talk about that stuff, oh, man, packed house. Talk about tithe, everybody shoot, I, ain't, I don't know about that. That brings me to this issue right here that I want to talk about. And I will be talking about. And it's the issue of lordship. All right? Did I have enough? I didn't make enough? Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get that. We'll get that later. Lordship. I want to talk about lordship because lordship is a very important issue. Now, last week I talked about the heart. This week I'm going to talk about what? Lordship. In connection to the tithe. Come on, somebody. Sister Alma, you were there last night. Lordship is what I want to talk about. Now, watch this. Let's, let's establish a few things. He says that the congregation of those who believe were of one heart and what? And not one of them claimed that anything what? Belonging to him was what? But all things were what? What a church. In other words, no, everybody took their stuff, brought it to the church and saying, do whatever you want to do with it. What moved them to that kind of radical giving? Their car that wasn't their car. Their house wasn't their house. Matter of fact, they were mortgaging their house and they were bringing the money and putting it at the apostles' feet because they were part of something. They understood that they were part of God's kingdom. But they understood who their Lord was. Let me give you this, and I want you to make note of this in your notes, okay? Satan has confused the body of Christ over the Holy Spirit. So I started doing my research on lordship, right? Started studying for it. Lo and behold, I go on the internet, I go to different places, right? There's big controversies. Everybody's like, well, lordship salvation is not real. This is this. I'm like... Here's another issue that Satan wants to divide the body on. And, and listen, and a lot of us don't really understand lordship. Just like I told you last week. If your heart is not right. If it's not turned towards God, it's difficult for you to do anything for God. But here's the other thing. If, can I ask a question? How many, how many believers we got here? See, I, I, I keep asking that question. Now, let me ask another question. How many of you would say that Jesus is your Lord? Let me see your hands. If Jesus is your Lord. Lord, is he Lord? Is he Lord? I see your hands. Lord. What does Lord mean? Ruler. 
What else? Control. He controls everything. Right? I want to establish this. I'm just introducing it. But I want to establish this because I believe that the only way that they could sell all their property. Go to the next verse for me. Sell all their property. Bring it. And watch this. And, and, and great what? And great what? And great what? And great what? The reason why we're not seeing much power in our lives because we're too attached to the things that we have. Jesus isn't Lord. When you die, they're going to sell it. (laughs) Or fight over it. So what Jesus is saying, what, the, what, what we're seeing here in this passage, we're seeing people who were willing to release. Listen, listen. We, sometimes we're so attached to these material things. Guess what? It becomes our Lord. Anything that has first place in your life tonight is your Lord. It's your Lord. Watch this. Watch the text says. And great power. Watch this. And with great power, the apostles were giving what? Testimony to the what? Resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And the abundant grace was upon them all. Saints, God wants to show you abundant grace. But if he isn't Lord... Pastor, I figured it out. He isn't Lord. Watch this. Read on for me. Look what it says next. It says, verse 34. Somebody read it for me. For there was not what? A needy person, what? Among them, for all were what? Okay, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. For all of them were what? It belonged to them, right? They were homeowners. Now watch this. This is pretty interesting to me. There was, a, there was not a needy person among them. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that all their needs were being met. No one was being overlooked God knew what he had to do in in order to get them to this place. But watch this. Watch this. Or, Or what? Who were owners of land or what? What did they do? They would do what? And bring the proceeds of the sale. Go to the next verse. And lay them, and they would what? How is that possible? Can I ask you something? Would you give up everything? Would you sell all you have and bring it to the church and say, hey, Pastor, here you go. But when Jesus is Lord, you would. So I believe we got this lordship thing wrong. 
Let me just state this, make this statement to you. If you say to me tonight that you are a believer and that Jesus is your Lord, bring me your car keys. Keys. Give me a key. I'm finna go sell these cars. Give me, give me. See, Jesus ain't Lord over her life. Okay. All right. So we know where you are. Okay. Jesus ain't Lord. Melanie, what's that to your locker? Okay, I'll take your locker. I'll take that. I'll take that. Oh, John. Oh, oh I got <laughs> <laughs> you got okay? That's good. That's good. That's that's good. But, but, wait. Uh, okay. All right. We walked here. I'm finna, I'm finna sell these cars. <clears throat> oh, let me see. Where are my keys? I ain't got no keys with me. Troy got you. Okay, now watch this. See, what I realized about the New Testament church is they understood that everything that they had did not belong to them. They understood lordship. Because I don't know anyone, back up, back, back up to 34. I don't know anyone that would do this. I don't know. I don't even know if I would do this. But I know that I have given. See, here's the thing. God is not asking you today to sell all your property and give all your cars. And all. He's not asking you to do that today. But what he is asking you to do is to surrender your life. See, the illustration here is your life. And, and, and if you look at the, the circle on your sheet, right? So here's the question. If Christ is your Lord, is he Lord of your leisure time, your career, your education, your money, church, self, possession, marriage, and family? And if he isn't Lord... In all these, because a lot of people want to compartmentalize him. They want to keep him out of the job, keep him out of school, keep him out of their leisure time. If he's Lord over that, God doesn't want you to have a boring life. But look at the circle. Look at the circle. The question is, is he Lord of these areas? Because these are the big areas of our lives that we've left him out of. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Let's, let's finish reading this. Let's finish reading this. Ah, yeah. Verse 
Now, Joseph the Levi of Capernaum birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, were which translating we mean what? The son of encouragement. And he owned what? A track of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at what? You know why? Because Jesus was Lord. Saints, is he Lord? Is he really Lord of your life? Or are you just kind of just coasting along in your Christian life? Why can't he get in your job? Why can't he, have, why can't he get into your leisure time, your family time? It, this is what we do. We, we leave Jesus at the church. We come to church and when we leave, we leave him right here. He's right here. So we go back to being what we were when we left. And that's how we forget. Lordship. I went online. There's so much confusion. So much confusion about lordship. Everybody's talking about it, it means this, it means that, it means something else, and all this other stuff. I'm like, gosh, dog, man. I'm like, man, seriously? I mean, y'all, are y'all going to argue about this too? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And so, and so, and so, watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Read on for me, someone. Read on for someone for me, if you don't mind. Please read on. Yeah, read chapter 5 for me real quick. I want to show you something. I want to show you some people who did not make him Lord. Okay, I want to show you some people who thought they were smart. Come on, somebody. I want to show you some people who, who decided that, you know what? You know what? He isn't Lord, and guess what? Everybody's giving stuff, but we want to look like we, we, in, we in it. But let's look, look at it. But a man named Ananias and his wife what? Sapphira, Sapphira, what what did they do? Sold a piece of property. Verse 2. You see, you see, this is the issue. Now watch this. Here's the thing about giving I want, want to say to you tonight. Okay? You don't have to do it. But let me ask you a question. How's life? How's it going for you? Oh, I'm succeeding. I'm doing well. Okay. Okay. If, if, if you think you're doing well now and you're not tithing, <laughs> just imagine when you do start tithing. <laughs> Amen. Watch this now. They kept back some of the price for what? Himself. And with his wife's what? See? Husband and wife team. Baby. I ain't going today. You tell them I'm sick. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Amen. You you tell them, you tell them, baby, I, I ain't feeling so good. <laughs> Amen. With with his wife's full knowledge. <laughs> okay, I must have hit a funny bone. <clears throat> Look what he said. He says, and his wife full knowledge, and bringing a what? A portion of it. He laid it at the apostles' feet. Go ahead. Go on next verse. And Peter said, Ananias, watch this. Watch this. Why has Satan filled? Now, 
now I talked about Satan today. Satan cannot, watch this, he cannot possess the body of a believer. Okay? But he can influence us. He can, he can instigate. He can entice. That's what that word means, entice you. Now watch this. Why has Satan filled your heart to do what? To who? Oh, Pastor, you see, uh, what happened was, let me say something. Every time you lie to me, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Every time you say, well, no, I didn't really have it. And God knows you had a $200 bills in your, in your pocketbook. And you're standing right in his presence. And you're saying, I ain't got it. We're lying to the Holy Spirit. See, giving is a spiritual thing. That's all I'm trying to establish here. It's spiritual. And so I would rather you not do it and hurt yourself than do it, come on somebody, and pretend and lie to the Holy Spirit. See, it benefits you, but you have to see it from that perspective. Now watch this. Watch this. They kept back some of the price of the land. Verse, verse 4. And as he heard, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Verse 3, back up. And, but Peter said, and I, verse 3, verse 4. Where's verse 4? Okay, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? See, that's what I'm trying to show you. God doesn't want your stuff. It's under your control. See, the, the neat thing about giving is this. It's under my control, but God wants to see, can I trust you? It's yours. It's not his. It's yours, right? It's his, but you know. You know what I'm saying. Watch this. Why, why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart, in your what? Talked about that last week, right? You have not lied to men, but to God. Read on. And as he heard these words, Ananias what? Now this Remember this. This is the establishment of the church, right? Watch this. The first thing to happen in the church was a person that lied to the Holy Spirit about giving and they dropped dead in the presence of God. He immediately fell dead. Watch this. Spiritually, where are you? See, people can't resuscitate themselves because they have made the decision to rob God. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says he fell, and, and watch this, and great what? Fear came what? Over all, over what? All who heard of it. The news spread, man. 
Homeboy fell dead, man. He should, man, shoot. He. Now watch this. How you, watch this. Here's, some, here's something that's real deep. It was yours. You didn't have to bring it. What were you trying to prove? You find what I'm saying? So you walked in and you tried to participate in something spiritual. And guess what? You dropped dead in the presence of God. The text goes on to say his wife was waiting on him because they were getting ready to go on vacation. She's sitting around the house saying, man, shoot, he ain't back yet. I told him to tell him I was sick. <clears throat> man, the world, what the world, can you imagine what the world had happened? <laughs> Look what he says. And the young man got up and covered him and after carrying out, they what? His wife didn't even get to make it to his burial. Dead, buried. Go on to the next verse. Now there elapsed an interval about three hours. His wife, what's going on? And his wife came in and not not knowing what had happened. Watch this. Watch this. And Peter responded to her, "Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price." And she said, "Yes, that was the price." Then Peter said to her, "Why is it?" You know, one thing about husband and wife, they're going to lie for each other. They're going to stick together to the end. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Bible said, work out your own salvation. Don't you lie for him. If you know he's lying, you can tell the truth. Pastor, he ain't sick. He's watching football. He just didn't want to come. I ain't lying for you no more. I ain't lying for you no more. I ain't lying. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't lying for you no more. I ain't lying for you no more. I ain't lying for you no more. You know why? Because if I lie for you, I'm going to end up just like you. I want to live. I ain't going to lie for you no more. Watch this. Then Peter said, why is it that this Boom, yeah. Why is it that you have what? Agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the what? To the test. I'm just trying to show you something. Watch this. Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. Work out your own salvation. If he don't want to tithe, you tithe. If she don't want to tithe, you tithe. You got to work that out on your own. But just make sure you know this. When you don't tithe, you're hurting your house. You're hurting your whole house. You're hurting your children's future. Uh-huh. Yes, you are. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Now, this lordship thing I'm talking about. Look at your handout. It says, take a few minutes and evaluate your practice of lordship of Jesus Christ in these areas. A good way to determine if Christ is in control is to ask, am I willing to do whatever Christ desires in this area? Or will I be able to thank God for whatever may happen in this area? Now, one of the things that Jesus establishes is that if you're going to be a disciple, 
there are certain requirements. Go to Luke chapter 14 for me. So I'm, 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 I'm establishing this right here. Along with what we just looked at to say that, listen, if he's Lord, then you won't have a problem bringing everything to him. Okay, everything. Your mind, your body, your soul, everything, everything. Your time, your talents, your possessions, your education, God, your career. I don't see how people can compartmentalize him. Go to Luke chapter 14 for me. Now let's go to verse... Twenty-seven, twenty-five, twenty-five. Because you know we say, you know we say he's Lord. You know we say he's Lord of our lives. Yeah, you know I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus and all this other stuff. But watch, let's see if you really love him. Look what he says. Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, "What did he say to them? If anyone comes to me." And does not what? Now, let me explain what this word hate means in the Greek. It does not mean hate like we think it means hate. The word means a lesser love. That's what it means. It means what? A lesser love. Watch this. Jesus said, you, you're saying to me that you're my disciple. That he's Lord of your life, heard. That he has my money. That he has my time. That he has my children. He has it all. Jesus says, if he does not hate his own what? Father, mother, huh? Wife, children, brothers, sisters. Now watch this. This is Jesus Christ of Nazareth speaking. Watch this for a minute. What I see here is what? All of the major relationships, except for my employer. Right? Family. I'm seeing family here. And do you know how many people say that they love Jesus, but they put their family before him? Jesus says this, if anyone comes to me and does not lesser love his own what? Father, mother, come on, wife, children, brothers, sisters. Yes, and even his what? He what? You can start walking out if you like. You can start walking out if you like.
What Jesus is saying, yeah, because I got y'all keys. <laughs> what Jesus is saying is this. this. He's not saying to literally hate them kids. What he's saying is, no, 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 no. No, no, no. He says, I'm the most important thing you have. I, Jesus. I don't, I don't want to be in competition with the kids. I don't want to be in competition with the job. Where's my circle at? I don't want to be in competition with your education. I don't want to be in competition with your, with your money. I don't want to be in competition. Listen, he said, but he dealt with the most important things is relationships. He says the greatest relationship that you need to have is with me. I must be first. He says everything else will come after. He says you cannot be, he says what? He says you cannot be my disciple. This is where the controversy comes in online. Where people are like, well, it's a cult. It's a cult because he's saying he wants total devotion. He should get total devotion. Why? He hung blood on that cross for your sins. You and I were nothing without Jesus. We were heading to a spiritual ditch very fast. We were lost, and guess what? Our eternal destiny was zero. We were going nowhere fast. But Jesus gave his life as a ransom. He's saying, he's saying to them, listen, I'm about to die for you. Would you die for me? So here's the thing. So what I want you to do for me is I want you to put all the other relationships that you think you have that are important, put them to the side and put me first. And then you can put all the other relationships behind me. I must be what? Lord. Watch this. Watch this. Read on. Read on. Look what he says. Whosoever does not carry his what? And come after me. You know what he's saying there now? He's saying you got to carry your burdens. Coming to me is not about luxury. You have to be willing to do what I have done. I was humiliated. I have to carry this cross. Carrying the cross means that you have to take all your burdens. Listen, don't try. See, this is what people do. People try to get it together and then follow Christ. He said, no, 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 no. I need a disciple that's going to come with all his baggage. I need a disciple that's going to come with no distractions. And what we have done as believers, saints, we have put other things before him. And then we want to pray to him. And then we want to say, oh, God is blessing me. Make sure it's not the devil. Watch this text. Watch this text. Watch this text. Watch verse 28. Watch verse 28. For which of you, now we'll stop there. Now go, go to this passage. Go to this passage. 
Go to this passage. Golly. What is it? No, no, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Watch this, watch it. Go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I'm getting there. Sister Alma's just running before me here. She got a sneak peek this last night. Hey man, you should have been there. Now go go to go to go to verse. Alright, go to verse. Golly. Go to verse 60, 60, 60, 57, 57. Look what it says. And as they were going along the road. Now, now watch this. Watch this. I want to show you something here, okay? Jesus already said, Jesus already said, Jesus already said this. He said that no one can be my disciple if they have not first given up all of that, all those attachments. You can't be my disciple. He's making it very clear. But watch this now. Watch this. I want to show you three people. 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, Someone said to him, what? I will what? Well, yeah, we got those people. How many, how many will follow him wherever he go? How many of those people we got? How many will follow Jesus? Boy, y'all some, y'all some hard, y'all a hard crowd tonight. Y'all making me sweat. You don't want to lie in the house of the Lord. I'll follow you wherever you go. This guy said, God, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. Go to the next verse. And Jesus said to him, watch this. The foxes have holes. And the birds of the air have what? Nets. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. See, the cost of discipleship is this. It's not about comfort. Jesus says, here I am. I am the, I am the creator of the world. You say you want to follow me? Well, the, the motives for him following him is to get things. This guy thought that if I follow Jesus, guess what? I will have a super duper luxury life. I'm going to live like Floyd. I wish I had somebody. Floyd Mayweather, that is. <laughs> Mansions and Maseratis and, you know what I mean? They, people think that, yeah, you know what? If I give, I'm going to get, I'm going I'm to be blessed. I'm going to have all this stuff. Jesus said, listen, when you follow me, guess what? The foxes have holes. The birds got nets. But guess what? I, have no, I, I ain't got no home. I'm homeless. Do you still want to follow me? Amen. Do you still want to follow me? Now let's go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. And now, so the first guy enlisted himself. The second guy, and he said to another, follow what? Watch this. We all say, oh, Jesus is Lord. Oh, yeah, he's Lord. He's my everything. I love him. He's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. 
And when he asks you for commitment, and he say, follow me, but watch this. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and what? Guess what? His dad wasn't dead yet. He was saying, listen, the Greek construction of his word, he was saying, I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit down. <laughs> I'm away for my daddy to die. But I'm a disciple. But Jesus is Lord. You, you know, I, I'm following him. But I'm giving a whole bunch of excuses why I can't. First guy's motive was, I want, if, I, if I follow Jesus, guess what? Everything going to work out for me. Jesus said, guess what? You in for a rude awakening. I'm homeless. You want to be homeless with me? He's like, shoot, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Second guy, he got the opportunity, first of all, to be called by God. I don't think y'all hearing me. Some of you have been called, but you won't answer. Come on, somebody. And let me say this to you. Be careful because God doesn't wait long. Come on, somebody. He has a ram in the bush. And he'll find somebody to do what you're not doing. Because he's God and we can't tie his hands. Watch this. He says, listen, he says, first permit me to go and bury my dad. His dad wasn't dead yet. Next verse. And he said to him, look what Jesus said to him. Jesus said, first of all, allow the what? The dead. I mean, can I ask you a question? A lot of people look at these scriptures and they see that they're saying Jesus is insensitive. Jesus is not insensitive. You know what Jesus is saying to us tonight? I must become, I must be before everything in your life. And until you grasp that, until I am before your job, before everything, he says, let the dead bury the dead. But as for you, do what? Go. Go and do what? Proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. But he had an excuse. Listen, lordship means that he is the apple of my eyes, saints. Can I ask you something? When did he stop being the apple of your eyes? Well, we're just coming to church. We're just going through the motions. We're just, you know, let me, let me hit the rewind button on all of your lives for a minute. I remember when you came. I remember where you were when you walked through these doors and how God has blessed your life. But now you won't follow him anymore. He's not the apple of your eye. Watch this. Another, there you go, there you go, another guy. Another also says, hey, I'll follow you. Watch this. There's always a but. But, but first permit me 
to say what? Goodbye. You know what? You know what? You know what he had? You know what? You know what the text suggests? He wanted to go back and he was never coming back. In the last 11 years, I, I reckon we've had over 500 people to join this church in 11 years. In 11 years. And only a few disciples have remained to say, I'll keep plowing, Pastor. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for God. But I know I've got to do it through you because you're my leader. You see, what Jesus is saying to us tonight, if I'm not one, number one in your life, nothing else matters. And I hear a lot of excuses from a lot of people as to why. Oh, Pastor, I can't do this because of this. I got this. I got that. I got this. I got that. To the point where right now, I don't even focus on that anymore. I focus on his presence when I come here. Because one day when you and I stand in eternity, oh yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Eternity is coming. You're going to stand before a holy God. And he's going to say to you, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. In a few minutes, I want you to remind me to get there. I need to get there because of my next statement. When you stand before him, you can't give him any excuses. What Jesus is asking, he doesn't want your money, he owns it. When you look at this concentric circle, he wants to go on vacation with you. He does. He does. He want to go. He wants to go on a cruise with you. He want to be. He want to. He needs time to rest. <laughs> Watch this. He says, "Permit me first to say goodbye to those at what." Come on. And Jesus said to him. No one after putting his hands to the what? And looking what? How can you plow straight forward when you keep looking back? What's back there that's so intriguing to you? What's back there that has gotten your attention? Jesus said, you cannot go forward looking back. You will never go forward. And guess what? Satan has a way of tricking us with self-improvement. I want to self-improve. Boo, you spiritual now. You need to be spiritually improved. That's what the issue is. You're looking at a spiritual issue, trying to use carnal means to fix a spiritual problem. Jesus said, you're looking back. I'm telling you to look forward. Because I've already chosen you. 
So you can give me all the excuses you want. Guess what? You're not going to be fit for the kingdom. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, look what he says. He says, and because, because, but Jesus said to him, no one who have to put in his hands to the plow and looking back is what? Fit. Fit. Can I ask you something? Did you pass your spiritual physical? Did you? I think Deke told me he took his physical for his job the other day. Came out 100, right? Now, are you fit spiritually? I go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 41 and 21, and we're closing. Because Sister Alma won't let me leave it alone. Matthew what? 7, okay. All right, we're going to back up, back up to verse, um, verse 18, and watch this, and we're going to close. A good tree cannot what? <laughs> see, because, see, here's what we have to stop doing. We have to stop lying to ourselves. What kind of tree are you? I'm a good person. That, that ain't telling me nothing. Because you lied yesterday. So you ain't that good. You looked at a woman and you lusted after her in your heart. Guess what? You're not that good. <laughs> no, you're not that good. I'm not that good. I haven't even gotten it yet. So I got to make my tree good. You know what's my tree? Heart. My heart is right. Oh, yeah, I'm on my way. Watch this. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a what? Tree produce, a, a, a bad tree what? Produce what? Good fruit. It's impossible. See, and you know, have, have you ever been here where you, do, you keep doing wrong and you're like, man, I just can't stop. I want to do right, but I keep doing wrong. It's the tree. It's the heart that needs to be changed. Watch this. Watch the next verse. Next verse, verse 20. Look what he says. Where is it there? So then you will know them. Listen. We can sit here and fool each other all we want. Smile at each other, laugh at each other, be all, you know, like that and say, okay, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, Jesus Lord. But I can tell you by your fruits. I can. I can tell by your fruits. See, if you're not producing fruit, then you've got to ask God to fertilize the ground. Change my heart, God. There's hope for all of us. Now watch this. Watch verse 21. Not everyone, here we go with the Lordship. Now here we go. This is why I'm closing right here. Because a lot of us say, how many of you say Jesus is Lord? <laughs> All right. How many will say he is Lord of your life? 
He's first. Now watch this. This is the day. Listen, you may say it now, but it will be revealed one day. Look what he says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, may I ask you something? Are you concerned where you're going? Let me tell you what John MacArthur say about this. He says that easy salvation is what's being preached today. Where people are saying, all I got to do is believe in Jesus Christ and I'm saved. Listen, if you believe in Jesus Christ for real, guess where you're going to be? You, you, you're not going to do just do what he said, but you're going to follow him. He's going to be Lord. In other words, you're going to put him before everybody. He says, not everyone who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he, watch this, who does the what? The will of the Father who is in heaven will what? Enter. Let me ask you a question. Are you living in his will? I know you say he's Lord, but are you living in his will? How do I understand his will, pastor? Come here, let me show it to you. Romans chapter 12, he says this. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, that which is lovely, that which is acceptable in the sight of God. When your mind is renewed, you can understand the will of God. But if you keep looking back tomorrow, last, yesterday, and trying to go forward, can't do it. No one can serve two masters. You love one or hate the other. But watch this, watch this, watch this. He says, he who does the will of the Father. Go ahead, verse 22. Many will say to me, look what he says. Look what he says right here, what? I just hope that I was a good pastor. You know, I know sometimes I have to say things to you that possibly you don't want to hear. All right? I know you say, man, that pastor just, man, why, man, he always asking me. I got to do it. Because I want you in. Because one day you'll stand before him, and look what he says. Many will say to me, on what day? On that day. Lord, Lord, watch this. Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not, what, and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform, what, miracles? You see, what's happening here is this. A lot of people think that that's it. But Satan is a counterfeit. Go to the next verse. I will, and then I will declare to them, Stop right there. Stop right there. I what? I never knew you. 
May I say this to you? You're in church right now. Does he know you? Does he know you? Wouldn't it be a shame to come all the way to the end and you never knew the real Jesus? And then you're going to blame me. The pastor never told me that. I'm telling you today. I'm telling you today. Here's how you know if he's Lord, if he's first. He has to be first, Troy. He cannot be second. He doesn't want third place. He doesn't want one and a half place. He says, tonight, put me before everything. And guess what? I'm going to take you to another level. Because one day you'll stand before me and you will, I will, listen. These people, back up. These people were performing miracles. They were casting out demons. They were prophesying. I mean, they were prophesying. <laughs> they were coming to church and folk was falling out on the ground and people were like, listen, people were getting healed and all kinds of stuff was happening. So watch this. But Jesus says, I never knew you. So that means that Satan can, he can perform miracles. He can duplicate the truth. So watch this. You and I got to make sure that we're not imitating the wrong faith. Is he Lord? And in the coming weeks, I'm going to go through the whole theology, doctrine of what lordship really is. He says, these people, back up, they prophesied, they cast out demons. You want to know why them churches are filled? They filled that church we went to before I got saved. They wanted to cast the demon out of me, but my demon was so strong, I, I tripped them out. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Ripped my belt off. Ripped my shirt off. Rah! I was in the church. I was in that church, in that demon-possessed church. And guess what? They had people thinking they did miracles. They thought they were casting out. I had some for them. They didn't know what kind of demon they were dealing with. Because I had demons in me. Not demon, demons. But when I walked into Mount Gilead Baptist Church on 6806 Cadillac Street, 77021, when I walked into that church, he says, son, you're a sinner. And you need to open your mouth and confess Jesus as your Lord and as your Lord and Savior. And, 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 and guess what? And guess what? Immediately, 
the demons left my body. I came back to my right mind. And from that day to this day, I'm going to say this. I've messed up along the way. But I had to learn what him being Lord meant. And I can truly say the reason I am where I am today is because I put everything, family, wife, children, all of that is secondary to him. Because he says, I cannot be his disciple. Now remember, he does, the word hate does not mean hate your mama. It means a lesser love, amen, than God. You getting it? So don't, get, don't let people trip you up and say, you got to hate your mama and all that kind of, no, 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 no. That's not of God. Lesser love. He has to be first love in your life. And I say, I got eyewitnesses here, right? that have seen what has happened to me in 17 years. So if so, I'm standing here clothed in my right mind 17 years later, and the only reason why is because I've made him Lord of my life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you tonight for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and kindness. Tonight, Lord, I know that some of us, Lord, are struggling with lordship. God, I know there's so many things in competition for our time. Lord, I know in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you want to transform this church. You want to transform your people, Lord. But Lord, the world pulls at us. Sometimes we look back. Sometimes our family relationships, our, our children relationship, Lord, even the job, whatever it may be, it pulls at us so that our priorities get mixed up. But Lord, let us keep you first. Lord, you said many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, they lived their whole life calling on your name, but they were calling on the wrong Jesus. Father, I pray that we're calling on the right Jesus tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, if we need to repent tonight, that we would repent in our hearts tonight, that we have placed other things before you, God. Would you help us tonight? Because that day will come, Lord, and we will have to say to you, God, we have to give an account for everything we've done. We want to say, God, that it cost something, yes, but it was worth it. Because that day will show what we really believed and who we really believed in. Touch each and every person here tonight. Fix our hearts, God. 
clear up our minds, God. Whatever, whatever issues we have going on in our lives. Lord, we've been talking about giving for the last six, seven weeks. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would not have to be reminded again. That we would not have to be taught again the, the basic principles, but that we would remind ourselves, this is how you take care of your kingdom. Lord, would you, would you touch hearts tonight? Would you touch hearts tonight, God? Touch those that are watching online. Bless us, Lord, as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God.